All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of FTU Life After the Military. I'm your host, Tony Rodriguez, and today I'm joined by one of the smarter people I've ever uh, that I've met in my time in civil affairs, uh, Mr. Dan. Um, Dan, thank you for being on the show, and I'll pass it over to you. Well, Tony, I appreciate you having me. Uh, this is my first podcast, so it's a good experience for me. I listen to a lot of podcasts, and uh, I'm excited to be here and Maybe something I put out there will help somebody else who's going through the transition process of leaving the military. So, Dan, you are one of the few people that I'm talking to, I'm having on here, who didn't retire. Um, can you tell me a little bit about your plans and what, what, how did you decide? what you were going to do after the military and how did you develop the plan and then how did you execute it to transition out? Sure. So uh, for me, I was at about nine years in and I was kind of at what most people consider that, that point of, of decision, that crossroad of do you cross over the 10 to halfway mark and then uh, do your 20 years or maybe more or kind of getting out after, after that nine, 10 year point where my career was, um, was really coming to an end. And so for me, there was a couple things that I had to really look at when I was getting ready to transition out. And I would encourage anyone to do this was make sure you're getting out for the right reasons. And if you can't write those reasons down, they don't make sense. You probably uh, really need to think hard about getting out because it's a big deal, especially if you have a family. Uh, for me, there was personal reasons why I wanted to get out. Young family wanted a little more stability to be home more often. Also, this doesn't bother some people, but I had a little fear of uh, getting PCS and living somewhere I didn't really want to live. And that's something that definitely kept me up at night. Uh, and as far as growing in the military, uh, I saw what the future was. And for me, I just I wasn't really excited about coming to work anymore uh, and what the potential could have been as maybe even a, a first sergeant or who knows, maybe a sergeant major one day. Uh, I just thought I wanted to kind of grow professionally a little differently. Uh, and try something else. Okay, so before we came on, you mentioned that um, you transitioned over to, to the reserves. Can you uh, just explain what prompted you to do that? Yeah, so I uh, was one of those people, like you said, I didn't leave the military before retiring. I left uh, beforehand, halfway through, and I, I wasn't leaving the military on bad terms. Uh, in fact, there was a lot of benefits. There's a lot of amazing benefits being in the military and then getting out. There's also benefits that you can utilize. And I didn't want to just completely cut ties with that. And I also wanted to, I guess you could almost say keep one foot in the door, but I still liked serving the country in a military aspect. I just didn't want to do it full time. And it was kind of a natural position being at Fort Bragg and the, the job I ended up taking the reserves is also at Fort Bragg. And so it was a pretty smooth transition. Everything's gone well. A big part of it was also uh, keeping some of those healthcare benefits and using it through the reserves and kind of managing your career a little differently. But uh, it's been really good so far um, doing the reserves. And I encourage anyone, again, to look into it, especially if you've already put in close to 10 years. Uh, it can be really beneficial. So I don't know very much about the reserves. Um, can you just talk a little bit about the the, I guess, 
health care benefits and maybe a little bit about their retirement system. Were you able to transfer your retirement over to the reserves? And if so, how, how does that work? Yeah, really good question because it's something I'm still learning. Um, coming over, I, you honestly feel like a private again. I remember the first day in, in, this, in my reserve unit, they're using acronyms. They're talking about different training scenarios. And here I am thinking I have a pretty decent grasp of the military at this point, but I, I felt day one, I didn't know what they were talking about. I didn't, I didn't ever have to worry about finding a doctor and finding a dentist and things like that for the last 10 years. Um, so as far as healthcare, it's very similar to you'll, you pay into it. So it's not as, uh, I guess, free. We don't see the charge while we're active duty for healthcare. Uh, but it's a very, I think I've seen some numbers where it's the most cost beneficial uh, healthcare you can get, where regardless of a family of say four, you could pay two to $300 and your family's covered under TRICARE. And it's essentially like getting TRICARE, I believe standard, if you're active duty, where you could pay for your family to go uh, to different doctors within the network. Uh, as far as retirement goes, I'm not an expert on this portion, but I, your your active duty time does carry over. So essentially, I have nine good years, and good years is accounted for. You have to conduct a certain amount of drills uh, and accumulate a certain amount of points each year, which aren't really hard to get as long as you're showing up to uh, most of your your battle assemblies, as we call them. And when you get 20, uh, you have the opportunity to again get that retirement. You will not collect retirement immediately, though. You're, you're going to have to wait till you're 60 years old, and then you can collect, start collecting the pension, which is going to really depend on how many points you have. Uh, and you also are allowed to get um, health care that you can pay into once you hit 60. There's a lot of people that I, I'm with that are in their late 40s, 50s, uh, some even 60 that are serving because they like it's something to do. And then once they hit 60, they can start collecting their 30 or 40 year reserve pension. Okay, so so Dan, last time I saw you when we were working together, you were up in um, the S three, and you were staff sergeant filling a master sergeant position, and uh, you know that that says a lot about you, your character, and just your intelligence and your ability to handle. How, how can I put this? A lot of craziness all at once, and be calm while you're doing it. And so I saw that, and I, I also saw. I also understand why you left the military um, because if they, um, the Sergeant Major said I was going to go back there, I would just would have retired right th right then and there. I, there's no way I was going to work in the S3 again. Mm -hmm. um, but so I knew even then that you would do well um, transitioning out. But can you describe to us just how did you get your resume? How did you put that together? How did you identify what? companies did you want to work for? Um, because a, a common question I hear, and this is usually by some egotistical, know-it-all, pretentious SART major who hasn't spent one day in the civilian life and thinks they have all the answers. And they always ask the same stupid question, right? It's like, well, what, do you, what are you going to do after the military? It's like, well, I don't know if you know this, but you're asking me at year 20, why are you asking me now? Like you should ask me year 18 or 17, not now. You know, and so those people, I really don't value their opinions because they've never had to do it. They're falling back on, I'm going to retire as an E9 and I can just go. Um, I know one E9 who's delivering propane tanks. Mm -hmm. Bare minimum responsibility. 
Now, what does that yeah. say about him? Either he did very well in his military career, so he can just live off of minimum wage, or maybe he's a buffoon. I don't know. I don't know mm-hmm. what it is. But I know that you're very smart and very competent, and so I would like you just to pass on your information on how did you tackle that situation of just transitioning out, getting that resume and prepping for the interviews? Yeah, uh, really good question because it definitely took a, a lot of forward planning. I, I always got into the military not expecting it to be a career. Uh, so this may come off bad, but as I, I always felt like I had one foot out the door and one foot in. I always did my military requirements. I did it to the best of my ability. And, uh, you know, I appreciate the kind words. It, it worked out well for me. Uh, but I was always thinking about any training I got in the military. How could I benefit? How could this benefit me outside the military and in the civilian workplace? And I had those questions asked to me. What, what are you going to do? when you get out in two months. Well, fortunately I had thought about it for several months to years about what I was gonna do. And so my plan was to get into technology. I had always been interested in technology and thankfully, again, I'm appreciative of the military. I took a course that gave me some formal training in technology and I identified ways I could pursue that knowing I didn't have any training in it. So networking, I found a former colleague of ours, Tim. He had found a program uh, that is for Transitioning service members, a skills bridge program through Microsoft called the Microsoft Software and Systems Academy that takes veterans and military members transitioning out and teaches them 17 week long uh, technology. Software development is what I was kind of focused on. Uh, And so I put everything together for that for months. And one thing I also tried to do was how can I make my knowledge in the military be relatable to a civilian? And so I utilized tuitions assistance and the Army Cool program to get some certifications. And so I, I had a nice certification, the PMP, and I was able to get that paid for by the military, the training for it, and then ultimately the certification. And that definitely helped me getting ready for the civilian workplace. But for your question about preparing resumes, everyone has to do those mandatory transitioning courses. I did those, but I also signed up for the volunteer, the volunteer ones the ones that would teach you about resume building and interview techniques. And then fortunately for me, when I was in my SkillsBridge program, one of the big components was working on your resume. And we, we did interviews weekly, mock interviews. And that stuff really helped refine my interviewing ability. Uh, and then resume wise, don't be afraid to send someone your resume. Don't be afraid to have criticism on it, to take critiques on it. Uh, and, and understand what you're trying to translate by not using military jargon. Translate that into how that's valuable to a company. Yeah, no, that's great. You're the first person that I heard that actually used um, Cool to get your PMP. I, you know, I went through uh, onward to opportunity, but that's at the end. Yeah. You were able to, I guess, it's not really double dipping. It's just using the resources that are available to you. Yeah, it was 100% due to the, uh, the the timeline schedules. Onward the opportunity I was looking at, but it was too late in my timeline, whereas I realized I could use the uh, my tuition assistance, I could use that right away. And so definitely you have to know your timing. You really have to plan that schedule out of when you're actually going to be out and what you can actually achieve in that time. Now, Dan, you mentioned that you, you always felt like you had one foot in and one foot out. I don't think you should feel like that at all. Um, the day I I decided to uh, be indefinite at my 10-year mark, I realized I need an escape plan because 
I've said it multiple times. The army is a war machine, right? It's a great place. You can get some great training. You can travel around the world, get some great experience, meet some awesome people. But at the end of the day, if they don't need you, they'll cut you loose in a second because the army's a war machine. That's what they do. They fight and win wars. And if you're not capable, if you're just, if you have an injury, if you're hurt physically or mentally, they'll just send you on your way and Hey, no hard feelings, man. That's how it works. I get that. But you should never like say that you feel bad because you had one foot in one foot out. It's like, I realized that that 10 year mark, it's like, okay, I'm signing up to do 20 years in maximum prison. So I need to, you know, be ready to escape at any moment. And after 20 years, I, I can honestly say that's what it felt like. It felt like doing 20 years in maximum prison. <laughs> I, uh, but so I, I was going to say, I'm yeah, sorry, I, can, I can totally, re- I, know, I was going to say, I totally can relate to what you're saying because I was always, my big decision point was I can do these next eight or 10 years I had and I'll, I'll exceed well. I'm pretty confident in where I'm at career wise. I'll go pretty far, but like you said, I just kind of felt like I was just a little trapped. I guess sometimes a lot trapped. And uh, yeah, that, that was the, that's a good way to put it, the way you explained it. And so for me, uh, coming out, you know, just having the freedom to do basically whatever I want, it's, it's both refreshing and I'm going to say, I don't know if you experienced this, but a little... I'm not going to say scary, but it, it makes my anxiety kick in every once in a while um, because I feel like I have, I was telling my wife, I feel like I'm a five-year-old fat boy who was just given the keys to the Willy Wonka chocolate factory, <coughs> you know, and you're going to go in there and just go crazy. You're just going to try to eat everything and do everything all at once, right? And that's kind of how I felt. And then I realized, well, okay, it, you know, I'm not going back in the military, so there's time to do everything. I just have to relax, take it easy, and you know, plan what I want to do. And there, there's plenty of time. I don't plan on dying within the next week. Mm-hmm. Um, did you experience anything like that? Because I'll admit, like the, the first month, I went from doing nothing to having about 20 hobbies. Yeah, it's funny. I think I experienced it a little differently because I had so much terminal leave saved up that first I had, I think it was 60 days uh, that I had saved up of terminal leave. And that was a lot, you know, for, for me. So I remember that first week or two, I was like, wow, this is really cool. I can do whatever I want. And then after about a month, I started kind of getting anxious, like I needed to do something. And I think a big difference between maybe our situations was knowing that I didn't technically retire from the military and I didn't have those benefits, I was very eager to get out and I felt like I had to prove myself. And I felt like if I wasn't doing something, I was probably wasting an opportunity or someone else was taking advantage of an opportunity that I should also be trying to use. Uh, So I did have that in the beginning where I felt really cool and free. Uh, But then as soon as I knew February was going to hit and the benefits were going to stop and the pay was going to stop, that really motivated me and, you know, made me hungry to, to kind of succeed and, and figure out uh, my path. Yeah, no, that's awesome because I, exactly like you said, I think we were, we were reversed because, you know, I, I signed out on terminal leave and on August 18th, right? So I started going on interviews 
two months prior. So those two months were very stressful, right? Because I was not sure if I was going to find a job. What am I going to do? Will some anybody hire me? You know, I knew I had my retirement, but that takes a little while to kick in. And then, you know, my VA disability takes a little while to kick mm-hmm. in. Um, so I wanted to make sure I had a job before terminal leave ended. Fortunately, I found a job like the day I signed out, like four days later, I agreed to, I accepted a job at where I'm at now. Um, so I was working, I had two months saved up of terminal leave and I worked during that time. Right. Mm-hmm. But once I found a job, that's when it kicked in for me. It's like, the stress is gone. Now, what am I like? I'd get home. I get out at four. So before I'd get home at what? Six o'clock and then have to take care of my kids, do some homework, try to spend family time and, you know, try to do some nonsense from work. By the time I know it, it's, it's 11 o'clock already where everything was done. And I'm at home at four 30. It's like, what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. And so it, it's interesting to hear that we were kind of had the opposite uh, experiences. And like I said, I, I knew you'd be fine. I was just wondering if, you know, how stressful was it for you? And uh, I guess how, how stressful was it for your family, for your, for your wife? You kind of broke up there at the, the end there. What was the oh, So No, I was just curious as to like, how stressful was it for your wife? Um, if she was concerned at all. Yeah, she was definitely, actually, she was stressed. She was worried. She wanted to make sure my plan was sound, but she, I think she might've been ready to move on from the military more than I was. Uh, she was confident that I would figure out a, a transition out, uh, which I did, but me coming to her and saying, Hey, I'm going to start this career in technology and her knowing me for 10 years saying, you've never had any training in this. What, what do you mean? Uh, I can only imagine how it, she must have felt when I came to her with this plan that maybe kind of didn't make sense. And so although she was all on board uh, with having us transition out together, because it is kind of it is a family decision, um, you know, I had to it was actually a good opportunity for me to walk through my plan and have her. Um, I'm going to use a kind of harsher term, but sharpshoot my plan, you know, OK, well, what's going to happen if this falls through, if that falls through and. I did have the anxiety of going through those interviews before getting out because I was in a very unique situation where I didn't start my skills bridge program until I was three days away from being off active duty and off terminal leave. So because of the way my cohort lined up, I was starting my skills bridge program January 10th and I was off the military's books January 13th. So I went 17 weeks of no military benefits or pay. Um, luckily my wife worked full time or works full time. And again, I had to plan this out months in advance so I could have enough money, make sure we were in a good position, but there was definitely anxiety going through that program knowing, Hey, I need to get a a job after this. Okay. So, um, you mentioned earlier that when you got out, like you want, you said you wanted to prove yourself, right? Like you felt like you wanted to prove yourself. Well, I, I know I did too. When I, when I, left i wanted to make sure that where i was hired it was because because of me i don't want to give any credit to the military i don't i so i didn't network i didn't ask anybody for help with their resume it's like i'm going to do this on my own i might fail miserably but this is going to be all me the army's not getting any credit for this whatsoever um that was probably the worst way to possibly do it um fortunately things worked out for me 
Um, but I was just, I'm just curious, did you network at all? Did you, um, because there is a big, um, veteran network out there and there's all these resources. I see hire hire our heroes, hire heroes, Mm -hmm. the DAV recruit military there. It seems like everybody's out there to help military. It made me a little nervous because I know there are some people or some organizations out there that are trying to take advantage of veterans. So for me, I wanted to prove myself too. I was also, you know, I'm a cynic, so I don't really don't trust people um, that they're very sincere. So I, I just said I was going to do it on, on my own, but I'm just curious, did you network at all? I did. And the first time I heard that term network, I was kind of confused as to what it meant because people just often use it. Yeah. You got a network, you got a network, you got a network to find a job. And I would, I always would like if people could give maybe a little more, explanation on that network term but i would say my the reason i'm in the job i'm in now was i can indirectly say was led to by me reaching out to the former colleague we had who got into the field that i want to get into and hit me reaching out to him he told me about the program i ultimately got into which ultimately led to me getting this job and so as far as networking goes um i i think it's good to attend job fairs but have a plan at them don't just attend because you think someone's going to give you a job because you have a DD-214. Have a resume. Dress like a professional. Like Dress like the job you're trying to get and try and identify those companies that you want to work for and work with. Um, and when you do network, a lot of network engagements, nothing's going to happen from them. You might not even get a call back. Uh, you might not have anything past that first conversation. But it's kind of like getting a job offer where it only takes one, one time for it to maybe open a big door that you can get in there and create an opportunity for yourself. Uh, so as far as networking, you know, LinkedIn's good. I always try and find people that have uh, mutual um, similarities to me, especially if I'm trying to get a job with a company. Uh, and and I, I think networking does help, but you have to do it right or else you can just waste your own time. Yeah, definitely. And so when I left, people asked me like, what did I want to do? Everything, nothing. And I think that's, I mean, there's some people like, you remember Derek, right? Mm-hmm. I want to give, well, for the, those people who don't know, Derek uh, left the military. He didn't retire, but he left and he started a farm. I'm going to, yep. in a later episode, I'm going to promote his farm. Um, but this guy is awesome, right? And so Derek knew exactly what he wanted to do. Like he got out, it's like, I'm going to go start a farm. It's like, awesome. You know, so that's what he's doing. I think. I'd say 90% of people don't know what they want to do and they just want a job. Yeah. And where we came from in civil affairs, like, well, what are you qualified to do? What am I not qualified to do? (laughs) And so I applied to jobs here in Fort Bragg as a data analyst. I applied to, I like to mention, I applied to, what is that? Um, One uh, one of the companies that, uh, it's not Oscar Mayer, one of the, companies at uh at, at their hog slaughtering plant right to be uh oh uh, a, sh- a smithfield smartfield smithfield yeah smithfield, smithfield yeah. yeah to be a shift supervisor like well why would you do that oh i don't know i don't i've led troops and prior to coming into the military i worked in a factory so i have some experience in manufacturing um mm-hmm. so i think that people in the military aren't just you know, pigeonholed into what they did in the military. Um, that's a good way to start. But a, a lot of these places here on Fort Bragg, 
I liked um, because what, what's our company? Khaki, C-A-C-I. Yep. Um, one of the one of the gentlemen here, he's a retired uh, major general, and that's how he introduces himself, right? So I thought that was a little pretentious. Mm. I I major yeah. general re- retired so and so, but Flex. I, I was all wrong about him. He was probably the nicest person that I met during my job hunting experience, and he provided the the most assistance and reviewed my resume. And he said, if you apply for a job. Let me know so then I could talk to the hiring manager and I could put in a good word for you. I can't guarantee you're going to get an interview, but I, I could promote you. I could push you. And so that networking, I thought, was was great because he didn't know me. We met like during the Onward to Opportunity um, training, you know. So what was that, 30 minutes that I had to talk to him? And it was a group of 20 people. So why would I stick out, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but... I appreciated his willingness just to assist not just me, but all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, I found both good and bad, had both good and bad experiences in networking. And so I was just curious about yours. Yeah, no, definitely same situation. So Dan, um, I don't want to keep it too long. And for those of you who don't know, I'm sitting in a parking lot right now. I'm using my phone as a hotspot um, because everyone who comes on, they do it free of charge. And I think we all have the same goal where we're just trying to help a couple of people um, with their transition out of the military. Um, but I'm not going to lie. It's getting a little hot in my car because I don't want to run my car because of the background sound. Um, but I always want to give people uh, an opportunity. Um, did you want to talk anything about um, your experience with the VA uh, or mental health or any physical health problems you may have experienced with the military and how is that, how have you had to change your life or changed what you do um, dealing with any issues or dealing with the VA if you're dealing with them at all? Yeah, I would say as far as the VA goes, definitely I'm one of those people where as soon as you get the, the email, I guess, that says, hey, you have 60 days to do this. I would try to do it on day one and I would kind of rush to get that done. And when you're talking about the VA, it's a very long process. So I would always, always encourage anyone getting out to submit your claims before you get out. Do not wait till after you get out because then when you're going through that exam process, if anything else is found, it's on record and you're still in the military. Uh, Don't be afraid to talk about whether it's a mental health problem or if it's some kind of physical ailment that you don't really think is bothering you, but kind of does some days, you need to bring that up because you, you want everything at least on record. So then in 10 years from now, if you have to go back and say, hey, my knee is really hurting and I know I did it in the military, if it's not on record, it's going to be very hard and arduous to kind of prove that to the VA. And so if it's at least on record that, hey, this did happen during their military career, it's going to be easier to get that claim in. And you may need surgery or something down the road. And so don't be ashamed. I know I've talked to a lot of veterans that um, actually had a job fair. I had a veteran tell me he was dealing with mental health stuff. He was a former civil affairs officer. But at the time of getting out, he didn't want to bring it up because he had lost friends overseas. And he felt it wasn't right for him to do that. And now he's dealing with the VA trying to you know, get those claims in that are real. I and mean, you could just talk to him and understand it. Um, but he's dealing with that. So don't be afraid to to bring those things up and you shouldn't be ashamed of it. Yeah, no, definitely. And the, your, 
just emphasize your point about um, the VA takes a while. So I med boarded out and I got my unofficial notice in the first week of July stating, hey, we reviewed your case and we determined I, they came up with something like 480% disabled, right? Which is your 100% disability. Um, but I wasn't officially out until October 19th. And so my my file with the VA got updated saying that they just received my claim on October 19th. And I called them yesterday asking, so what's going on? It's like, well, we're still in the investigation uh, portion of it. It's like, this was already settled back in July. It's like, yes. And of course they came up with their, like, their reasoning, which ultimately it doesn't matter because it doesn't matter how upset I get or how frustrated I get. The VA works on their timeline. Yeah. And, and I understand that. And whoever that person is that I was speaking to, they didn't have my file. They were just the person who answered the phone. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I try to remember that. Like, you know, I'm trying to be a better person and try to uh, not let small things affect me. Um, but you're definitely right. Like the VA takes a while. And how many veterans are out there filing claims, not just from the global war on terrorism, but, you know, our brothers who fought in the Gulf War and our brothers who are still here from Vietnam, Korea, yeah. Grenada, and everything else in between. Um, so those people are overworked. So follow Dan's advice and go ahead, file your claims early. And like I mentioned to a couple of other people, um, fortunately I med boarded. So the lady who helped me with my form, um, I initially only had about 17 claims. And once we went through it, it came out to 30, um, because I wasn't claiming my ankles or my wrist. And she asked me if I was an airborne status, like, yes. It's like, well, how long? I've been in the military 22 years. It was 21. It's like, well, then your ankles hurt and so do your, so do your wrists. And we just went down from head to toe and it was great. So even if you don't think you're going to receive a a percentage for it, claim it because a zero percentage is better. A zero percentage is still a percentage. Mm -hmm. And you can go back and you can, refile you could uh, appeal it and get at 10 percent or 20 percent later but at least it's in your record so you can if you have problems later on you know you can get the the treatment that you need for it yeah get it documented for sure uh so dan uh we always uh, before we uh sign off we always give an opportunity are there any businesses that you want to promote any anybody that you know who has a small business or a big business that you might want to promote and uh, a shout out if you have any shout outs that you want to give. Uh, I'll promote the company I'm working for right now, Southwest Airlines. Uh, big business, obviously. They're uh, really military friendly and not just veteran, but also people still in the reserves. Um, it's been great transitioning over here. And they, they partnered with the, the uh, Microsoft Software and Systems Academy to hire uh, people like me who are coming over to get in technology. And so I'm really fortunate to work for this company and I definitely want to give them a shout out. Um, as far as uh, small businesses, I, I, I remember Derek, I met him uh, when I was first coming up in, into the S3. So uh, I know you're going to promote his business later. And uh, he, he's a really good guy, really outgoing guy. Good to see him uh, doing well. And then I guess a shout out, uh, my, my friend Marcus, he's in the process of getting medboarded. And so, um, you know, he's going to be moving from Fort Bragg soon with his family. So uh, hopefully I'm sure things will work out well for him and, and go smooth during the member process. 
Okay, Dan. Well, thank you very much for being on. Um, I know whoever's listening will get something out of uh, this episode. Um, again, I didn't know. I had heard about SkillBridge and about the internships, but I didn't know uh, Southwest was actually working with Microsoft. So that is another opportunity opportunity and avenue for some of our brothers and sisters to uh, get into. So again, thank you. And for everyone out there, um, just remember your mental health and your physical health is, is important. So please take care of that. You are important. You are special. You have something to offer. Uh, if you ever need any help, um, you know, you could always reach out to me. Uh, if you're feeling down or whatever, you can reach me at arantonio-rodriguez98 at gmail.com. And until next time, uh, we'll see you later. Zot, zot, zot. And roll tide.